you fired a first shot? Oh, I like that. Oh, I like that. Welcome to the Superbook Sports Podcast. 19! Hosted by career Las Vegas odds makers Jay Cornegay and John Murray. Featuring comedian Brant Tobler. The best way to ignore the noise is to be the noise. A production of GreenRollMedia.com, the world's premier sports betting podcast network, rooted in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Mahomes has to get rid of the ball. Finds Kelsey. And presented by the world-famous Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com to get in the action with better odds, favorable prices, and an expansive betting menu. Now live in Nevada, Colorado, and New Jersey. Sign up today at Superbook.com. Superbook.com. You've waited all week, and kickoff is here. Here we go! Let's jump behind the counter at the Superbook with Jay Cornegay and John Murray to grab the edge that you need ahead of this weekend's NFL action. That's what makes the NFL the NFL. You don't know. Any given Sunday. Here's your MC, Brant Tobler. Here we go again. It is week four, and it is time for the Superbook Sports Podcast. The line starts here. I'm your host, Brant Tobler. And always, I'm joined by Jay Cornegay and John Murray, the odds makers at the Westgate Superbook in fabulous Las Vegas. Jay, how are you doing today, buddy? Good, Brent. Um, already looking uh, towards uh, week four, which is amazing because it's just cruising right along. And before you know it, you know it's gonna <laughs> we're gonna get through another football season. But uh, looking looking towards uh, week four, as there's a lot of great matchups on both Saturday and Sunday. Can't wait, John's here. I heard, I heard, uh, John, the horrible golfer, but amazing odds maker <laughs> and UFC genius. John, how are you, buddy? How's how's the golf game this week? We struggled a little bit at Paiute on Tuesday, guys. It's it's the wind, Jay. It wasn't really mm. me personally. Mm-hmm. I think it was the combination of the wind and the clubs. Uh, it would be why what I would chalk that up to. I would buy new clubs. it is windy out there beautiful golf course the wolf course at Paiute but man it was windy it really was well uh speaking of struggling I heard it was a a struggle for the Sharps this last week I heard that they they really took a beating in college football I've never seen anything like it uh John and I were talking about that because obviously we follow those and and we know what they are and normally they do okay but uh, every once in a while they have a hard week, and, and they had one of their worst weeks I've ever seen. I think like we were t- tracking about 15 different plays, and if I'm correct, I believe they were 4-11, and 11, which I just never seen before. John, what what you think? It was, it was definitely ugly for a lot of the line moves, a lot of our more respected customers. Uh, just a really bizarre week where a lot of the things that you would expect to – just based on history, we'd expect to see happen did not happen. It was a strange week in college football for sure. And then even looking over at the NFL, the public had a very good morning in the NFL. So it was a, a bit of a bizarre uh, roller coaster ride of a weekend for us. So, but overall, with the Sharps, that's a good week for you guys, or was it just a regular? Did the balance well, did it balance no. out public and Sharps? No, usually we, we would rather see the Sharp guys winning. I mean, we're usually positioned on the same side as them. If they're winning, we're probably doing well. If the public is winning, those Sharper players probably are losing, and the book is probably losing. So it, it was a, a strange Saturday, to say the least. Jay, the, the Sharps aren't like me when they lose 
one week they just really chase it the next week and, and get <laughs> even more action from the sharps, or is that why they're sharp? They stay pretty disciplined. Oh, they're very disciplined. They they don't chase at, at all. Uh, the the ones that we track anyway, I I can tell you that I'm guilty of that myself. Uh, you know, I love the Sunday night game. I love the Monday night game. I love the Hawaii game. Yeah, sure. Uh, but uh, it's uh, something that you won't see the sharps. They're they're very even keel. They won't be reloading or or doubling everything up this weekend. They'll stay the course. That's why they do much better than I do. All right, well, let's get to these games. I need your guys' advice because I'm, I'm on a little chase this week, and uh, I think there's some great games this week. I'm going to start with the game I'm most interested in. Is this Dallas is laying four, total 51.5 at home against Carolina. John, what do you think? Uh, is this a week in Dallas keeps this going, or, or should I bet with a little hesitation here? It's an interesting game because Carolina played on Thursday night and Dallas played on Monday night. So the Panthers have several extra days to prepare for this game. But Carolina got very banged up last week against Houston. Christian McCaffrey got hurt. J.C. Horn got hurt. We opened this game five and a half. Now we're down to Carolina plus four. So there are some sharper people that think Carolina is going to be okay, even without a couple of their key guys. But I don't know. It's a tough spot for them without J.C. Horn. That Dallas offense looks so explosive. I think it's probably the best of the early games on Sunday. It looks like right now we need Dallas, but I would expect that to change over the next 48 hours. Dallas is such a public team. I think the public will come back on the Cowboys. Yeah, that's what I was just going to ask you. I figure the tickets have got to be strong on Dallas probably this week and every week. Any thoughts on this game? Well, whenever a team performs, you know, like they did or like the Cowboys did on Monday night, you're always going to see a spike uh, in support the following weekend. And I expect that to come this weekend as the public really hasn't gotten a hold of these games yet, especially this one. But uh, as John mentioned, the Sharps early are on the Panthers at plus five, plus four and a half. We're currently at four, but I expect the public to drive this back up and this thing will probably close at four and a half. Maybe five. Jay, you think that's probably like the biggest mistake just public betters make? You just always remember the last thing you saw? Because that makes total sense. I just remember who plays good on Monday, and then I tend to want to bet them on Monday. I mean, the next following week. Yeah, I I think that uh, a recreational player puts too much emphasis on what they saw last, and that's usually the, the week before. And like especially those high profile games, we have so many eyes on you know, the Sunday night game and the Monday night game. That's why I, I really don't like to play those teams the following week, mainly because it's it's a little inflated because of their performance. I actually prefer the, the team that actually, you know, got knocked down and, and basically wiped off the field on the Sunday night, Monday night, rather than the team that looked really good on those night games. Yeah, I know that makes sense. I, I, I got to put that in my notes. Well, speaking of my notes, uh, we talked about my chasing. We talked about me betting what I just saw last. The other big mistake I make is I'm a huge homer, and I will <laughs> will go to this next game, which I think is going to be a great game, and I will be there in attendance, and that is the Broncos, who are currently at a pick total 45 against the Ravens. Jay, what do you, are our Broncos for real, or what do you think about this week? Well, we're going to find out this weekend. Uh, you know, this is the first uh, team that they played that's actually won a game. The, the Bronco opponents right now are 0-9, uh, but they did what they were supposed to do. You know, they went in and beat these weak teams. 
Now they got the Ravens coming in. I know that uh, Jackson's uh, dealing with a little bit of a sore back, but I'm pretty sure he's going to be okay come game day. Right now the tickets are pretty even. I know the Sharps took a, a little bit on the Broncos earlier when we opened the Broncos, uh, the favorite. Uh, but uh, I, I was going to be very interested to see what the public sides with uh, on this game. But there was a little early uh, sharp action on the Ravens taking the points as we open the Broncos a slight favorite. John, having a sports book in Denver here, is there enough Denver, like local Colorado action to even move the line with you guys in Vegas or, or is that even a thing? It, it's not really about how much, how much the public is betting. It would be more if we saw a really respected player at the Superbook in Colorado, make the bet that would move the line. I think it's a misconception that people think the public is the one moving the point spreads. All it would take is one one or two very respected players at the Lodge Casino in Blackhawk, at the Superbook in Colorado, betting with us to cause us to move the market everywhere the Superbook operates. That's just how it works. It's not about the, the volume of the bets. It's about who placed the bet. Well, I know one of those guys, and that's me, and I plan on going to the Lodge and betting 100 on the Broncos, John. I don't know if that's going to move the line, but do you think that I'm on the right side <laughs> oh, we're gonna, here? We'll move it right now. I'm going to go ahead and move it right now before you get there because I don't think you're going to beat me to there. Uh, right now, we're gonna, we'll, need Denver, we'll need Denver and Nevada because everybody's betting on Baltimore, but in Colorado, we'll probably end up needing Baltimore with everybody betting on the Broncos, and it's been a struggle for the Superbook in Colorado when the Denver Broncos have three games in the month of September and they go, they win all three of them and they cover the spread all three times. That's not good for our returns in Colorado. So we do need to see the Broncos lose one of these games so we can, we can make our nut at the lodge there, Brant. You got to take some pity on us here. (laughs) You you bring that up, Brant, about how, you know, you move the line, you don't move the line. I, I think one of the funniest moves, and we don't do it on purpose, but what John said earlier, it depends on who makes the bet. And, and at times, you know, we'll take a large bet. We could take, you know, a large five-figure bet, a six-figure bet, and at times not move the line. And I have that customer come up to me and go, why didn't you move that line? I you know, played it for 100K. And, and, you know, the nice PC answer is, oh, we, we actually needed that. It, that actually balanced us out a little bit. But uh Sometimes uh, when when people are uh, you know making these large wagers, they think that we're going to move the line every single time, and that's just not true. <laughs> well, you could just move the line the opposite of whatever I bet, no matter how big or small it is, because I am struggling lately. Oh, but that's going to cheat. <laughs> you're like a mind reader, Brent. I yeah, like, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? This is my week. I believe it. Bet another favorite here in this next game. I'll start with you, Jay. Green Bay, six and a half. Uh, Looks like I think it's 49 and a half. This Steelers team is just awful. And it's hard for me because uh, I wish we were in video, but people tell me I look like Ben Roethlisberger a lot, which is not a compliment, especially when he's playing like this. But is my twin brother, do they have any shot this week playing the the Packers? I heard Rodgers is growing out his hair because it's part of his Halloween costume. That's what I heard. Oh, that's yeah, so. inside okay. info. I'm doing the same thing. Uh, but uh, this this is one of those spots, though. I told you that Packers look great on Sunday night, right, against the, the 49ers. They squeaked out a, a win, but that was a very tough spot for them to go into San Francisco and win that game. But this is why it's a huge public game. You got 93, 94% of all the tickets on the Packers, 
and that's understandable. But I do believe the Steelers are getting some people back this week. So if I were to take all the some of the factors that I like to look at, you know, a, a strong performance on a night game, Sunday night game in this case for the Packers, some guys uh, getting healthy for the Steelers coming back for this game, getting the Steelers plus seven or maybe more uh, is the side that I would be looking at. John, what about this awful Steelers team? <laughs> well, the, the Steelers, Jay touched on it, but he's right. I mean, the, the Steelers were so banged up against Cincinnati last week, and that's why you saw that line crash like crazy. The Bengals win that game. You, the key to this game is following the injury report, and it looks like Pittsburgh is going to get back a bunch of key guys. I'm hearing T.J. Watt, full participant in practice this week, and some of their key receivers are getting back into action. So you can't look at Pittsburgh and the way they played last Sunday as if that's the team that's going to be going forward. That team was very banged up. They're going to need all hands on deck here in, in Green Bay, and we're going to need them big because the public is all over the Packers in this game, and Pittsburgh is probably going to be our second biggest need of the week. It's between them and Philadelphia for our second biggest need of the week. You guys can probably guess who our biggest need of the week is going to be in the Sunday night game. <laughs> well, that's a perfect transition because that's what I was just going to because that's what I've learned from you guys from this podcast. Two weeks ago, you guys needed the Ravens the most, so I took the Ravens. They covered. Last week, you said you needed the Dolphins the most. I took them, and they covered. And uh, from what I'm hearing, this might be the most lopsided game of all time, and I just don't know if I can roll with you guys on this. This is, of course, the Patriots-Tampa Bay game, which currently looks like it's 7 and 49 and a half, obviously on Tampa Bay. Jay, is there any truth to these rumors that this might be one of the most one-sided games of all time? Well, it's hard to gauge that, uh, but it's certainly lopsided, uh, nevertheless. Um, it's certainly one of them that, uh, you know, uh, in recent memory... I remember when, you know, Favre went back and, and was playing for the Vikings, went back to Green Bay, and and Manning, you know, went back to Indianapolis, and, and those games were so hyped up and got a lot of action, but I think they were certainly more balanced uh, than what we're seeing with the Buccaneers at the Patriots. We opened five and a half, it's now seven, and this is a game that the Sharps haven't touched yet. It's all public money right now. And, and that's really unusual because most of the time the public waits until the weekend or a game day to play it. Uh, but uh, in this case, it's been very lopsided. As If you just look at straight bets, 94% of all the tickets are on the Buccaneers. If you include the parlays, 97% of all the tickets are on the Buccaneers. So I wouldn't anticipate that if this gets on the high side of seven, you're going to start seeing some sharp money come in, and but we might not see that until game day. Yeah, I was just going to ask you that, Jay. Do you think this game, if by chance you do like the Patriots, do you think this game will get to 7.5? Well, if I was uh, wanting to bet, certainly wouldn't bet it now I, uh -huh. or Saturday. I think I would wait until Sunday and take my chances to see if you get that hook. All right, John, it's up to you here. Even with everything Jay said, and it'll probably still go to seven and a half. And I've done good rolling with you guys. How can I take this Patriots team with this rookie quarterback against Tom Brady? You know, Tampa Bay really—they're two and one, but they probably should have lost Dallas on that Thursday night, the opening game. They had a misleading score in Week Two. I know they—they they beat Atlanta by twenty some points, but they had two interception returns for touchdowns in the fourth quarter of that game. And then the Buccaneers really got handled by the Rams last week. 
their first road game of the year. They got handled by L.A. L.A. is very good, but still. And then the other thing is Tampa Bay has got a lot of injuries in the secondary. Can Mac Jones and the weapons the Patriots have take advantage of that? That remains to be seen. But Tampa Bay is very banged up in the defensive backfield. Their defense doesn't look anything like what we saw in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. So there, there's an opportunity here for Mac Jones to have a coming out party. We think this line's a little high. You know, our, our look-ahead number back in the summer, even back a week ago, was more like four and a half, five, five and a half. So if you can get seven or, or more than seven, I do think New England's worth a look, and, and we're going to need them pretty big. All right. I, you guys haven't done me wrong. I, I guess I'm, I'm going to hopefully wait for seven and a half and, and bet it. I was scared to bet Dolphins last week, and everybody I told I was on the Dolphins rolling with you guys said I was an idiot. So I'm sure oh, that was that, so, that was so easy, Brent. That <laughs> Dolphins plus four. I mean, we never even had to worry about that one. <laughs> hey, that was, was like we, we call that a about, rocking chair winner. Just <laughs> we, oh, we won. Good. Well, I hope I hope this Sunday goes a little easier for you guys. Yeah, but if too. not, if it does, you know what's going to happen on Monday. Because if, if Patriots do cover this, the chase will be on Monday night for probably all of us. And that's I think this Monday night's going to be a good game. And it, uh, Jay, looks like Chargers are – well, it looks like it's minus three, minus 20 now. 51 and a half. This undefeated Raiders team, do they deserve more respect than this? Or what do you think? Well, I, I think that uh, you're going to see this game pretty balanced by the time it kicks off. We've we got a lot of support on the Chargers right now, which is a little surprising considering, you know, we're in Raider Nation out here. And what we've seen in the first three weeks, a lot of support on the Raiders. And I would expect that to continue, but that might not happen until Monday. But uh, I think it's a very close game. I, I, I Obviously, it is because of the spread, but because of the way the two teams are coming into this game, I think the Chargers might be a little underrated uh, and, and certainly a huge game for them as the undefeated Raiders are coming into town on Monday night. But don't let the home field advantage you know, um, fool you because the Raider fans are going to, I think, outmark the uh, Charger fans by 2-1 to one on Monday night. So it's almost going to be a home game for the Raiders. They're getting Jacobs back. I think that's going to be a huge help for them, even though Barber filled in nicely last week. Raiders are, uh, I, I think, a live dog here. Yeah, that makes sense. And we just touched on this Patriots game too, but I, would you say that's just good advice for the general public? If you like the dog on Sunday or Monday, you might as well just wait till probably before game time. Because I, I know it's not always going to be the case, but you got to think most of the time you're going to get the best odds in with everybody coming in on the favorites on Sunday and Monday. Yeah, this one's just a little different because of the Raiders <laughs> and where we're located. There's a lot of Raider fans out there, and I do believe – the Raiders are legit. I, I think that they can hold true and, and compete in the AFC West. Uh, but I'm not sure if this game is going to be lopsided like we would see on Sunday night as the public's going to be all over the Buccaneers. I don't think you're going to see that on the Chargers. I think it's going to be a very well-balanced game. Well, you know what? Let's ask the biggest Raiders fan I know. John, how's your – I don't know if you're <laughs> even a Raiders fan. I just know you're the only person I know that's been to a game there. Uh, yes. what, how about your Raiders? What do you think this week? I'm a big fan <laughs> of Allegiant Stadium. I, okay. I can say that. I, I don't. I don't know that I've ever been called a Raiders fan. I, I think it's kind of a tough spot for the Raiders. You know, they just played a 70 minute game last week. That Miami game went all the way, all 10 minutes of the of the overtime session. It's their second overtime game already. At some point, this team's going to run out of steam. 
Now they go on the road. I agree with Jay. I think the Chargers are underrated. The Chargers have played a really tough schedule. They're two and one. They had a great win at Kansas City on Sunday. The one advantage the Raiders have, though, is what Jay touched on. 80% Raider fans at that game. Nobody in L.A. cares about the Chargers. So I don't look at it all as any kind of a home field advantage. But I do think the Chargers are at least three points better than the Raiders. So I'd lean to the Chargers, but I don't plan on playing the game myself. Yeah, this is actually a tricky game because it's right on that key number. You know, you're seeing a couple of three and a halves even, or you see a few threes out there, minus twenty. It's a tough number for the bookmakers to be, you know, mm-hmm. flipping back and forth. So, you know, you, you usually pick your spot if you're an experienced bookmaker, I would say. that It's like either you stay at three and a half even or you stay at three, you know, minus twenty. But you won't see a lot of movement in this game come Monday night. Let's get an update on the ultimate football handicapping challenge. Hey, guys, what's shaking in your super contest this week? was a good week for me. I went 4-1, and one, but did not place in the money. This was the end of the uh, first contest where, Jay, you guys paid out three winners. Two guys went 14-1. and one. That is pretty awesome. Oh, it's fantastic. The guys were excited. So this is the first of nine in-season contests that we have for uh, this year's uh, uh, Super Contest. And, and we have six three-week contests and also three six-week contests along with the overall champion. The guys that ended up splitting the, the top prize, 50K, 50K, you know, in the first three weeks. How's that for a football season? So we had two guys tie for the top prize. They split, uh, you know, 100K, and they each got 50, and then the third place came in at 5K. But all of them were very excited, loved the new format. Uh, so uh, we were able to actually pay that out. Uh, we'll pay that out later today, I believe. And um, But the excitement of the short contest, the short-term contest, I think has gone over very well. And by the reaction of this week's winners, I think we're, uh, you know, we're on to something here. So, Jay, I'm 10 and 6, which uh, that's not too bad going in. But uh, I had a couple friends that I didn't know about this reboot. So there's a reboot where you can get back into the contest, or how does that work? Yeah, actually, the interest in that's picking up as we move along in the season. The Super Contest Reboot is a separate contest uh, from weeks 10 until the end of the season. The last date to sign up for it is Saturday, November 13th. But you don't have to be in the original uh, Super Contest to enter this. This is a separate contest. It uh, involves the second half of the NFL season. And you can tell by the entries that we're already through uh, three weeks of it. And people got off to a rough start. Well, there's still hope, you, you know, they can sign up for this, the Super Contest reboot. Oh, that's awesome. So you can do that all the way up until week 10, right? Yeah, I believe that's correct. Uh, I know the last date, uh, Brent, is Saturday, November 13th. All right. Well, that's perfect. So if you didn't get in the original contest for 500 bucks, you get in the reboot and make a little run. Uh, for the last, what, I guess, seven weeks? I forget, we're 18 weeks or eight eight weeks this year. Whatever it is, you guys know what I'm talking about. I'll be in the reboot if I don't start doing better. But I'm not doing that bad. It's time for The Big Ticket. Hey, John, any tickets make you do a double take this week at the Superbook? The Browns, there's some five-figure bets on the Browns, minus one and a half on the Bucks, of course, in New England. And then we did have a gentleman at the Superbook in Colorado that made a large wager on the Jets plus eight against Tennessee. We actually hope he wins that bet, though. 
So uh, we, we'll be we'll be on the same side as that guy for sure. Jets plus eight. That number's come down quite a bit, down to Jets plus six and a half now. Wow. Well, you know, we might as well get this out of the way, Jake, because I I've always wanted to ask you this question. Just off the what, what's like the biggest ticket you've ever wrote? Well, let's see. We've over thirty plus years. I think we've taken a couple of five hundred and maybe one six hundred thousand dollar bet. I think it was a couple of fights, and I think one of them might have been a Super Bowl wager, but mm-hmm. uh, it rarely happens. It, it, uh-huh. it doesn't happen as often as people think. I know that there's some Hollywood movies out there, and people got a briefcase full of cash, you know, handcuffed to their wrist, coming up to the counter. It just doesn't happen that way anymore. But uh, you know, the betters just got smarter over the years. You know, they know it's just one game, it's it's one fight. But we have taken some. Uh, you know, large six-figure wagers over the years, but those are the three that come to mind. If by chance a very famous boxer has ever came in there and placed a humongous <laughs> bet, could you just, um, just tell me your favorite color? If uh, maybe there's any truth to that, <laughs> uh, we've had uh, we've had famous <laughs> athletes come in here and place wagers before. That's okay. about retired, it. retired. Athletes. Oh, retired. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, make yeah, that well, clear. Let's well, make that they clear. were. They're allowed to bet if it's not the the sport that they participate in, right? Jim? Yeah. I, I don't, so that, yeah, the, that's true. They were, I just they want were to make sure. <laughs> we've never taken a bet. Well, no, Jay, we've never taken yeah. a bet that was non-compliant, of course. But yes, there have been famous athletes that came in here that bet on sports that they were in no way involved with. Okay, it's a busy time in sports. Jay, what else is going on around there? Well, Brent, actually, we're keeping a close eye on the last baseball weekend of the year as we got a lot of liability attached to a few teams, especially the San Francisco Giants. San Francisco Giants were not supposed to be this good. And I don't think any of us saw this coming as the Giants opened at 300 to one for the world series. And they're a somewhat regional team. They've been uh, getting support throughout the entire summer. It continues today and uh, going into the uh, last weekend, we're hoping, I'm not holding my breath, but uh, the Dodgers can overcome them. But if not, it looks like the Dodgers and Cardinals, hoping the Dodgers win that one game and somehow find a way to, to knock out the Giants in that five-game series. So it's uh, not only a week four for us, but uh, it's a very important big weekend for us in, in the baseball world. John, with these 301 tickets, is that, is that all small action or does somebody – come in and just make a i just can't imagine making a big bet on a 300 to one does that happen it's mostly smaller bets but one guy's got a thousand dollars on it a few people have three hundred dollars on it a few people have 250 25 100 that adds up pretty quickly when you're talking about 300 to one odds and then even after we lowered it to 200 to one later in the in the early in the season i should say we had a guy come in, he put $1,000 at 200 to 1. So the liability can add up very quickly when you're dealing odds that high. And the Giants have always been a very popular future book team because they did win those three World Series in 2010, 12, and 14. But think back to the start of the year. The, the Dodgers and the Padres are supposed to be the two best teams in baseball, at the very least the two best teams in the National League. So we really didn't think much of people betting on a third team in that division. Well, it's going to be exciting. I mean, baseball, basketball, football's here, hockey, but who cares about all that? Because I care about tomorrow. Before I get you out of here, let's do what we do every week. You guys have been helpful. I came up with three college games. 
I'll start with you, Jay. Here, here's my college games. I think I'm going to take Michigan because I just hate Wisconsin sports. It's so hard to root for. And then I, <laughs> I can't believe Notre Dame is a home underdog. So I'm all over Notre Dame. And then I just go into the well. I, I just at Bama. I just will always bet Bama. So any any thoughts on those? Michigan, Notre Dame, Bama. Well, looking at that game, I know that we had a real sharp player take uh, the dog there at plus fifteen. It's currently down fourteen and a half, so it really hasn't moved that much. I think it's a very interesting matchup and a high profile matchup that's going to get a lot of attention from the betters. But uh, I don't have an opinion on that. Uh, particular game. I, I, I look forward to watching it. I do have an opinion on Cincy at Notre Dame. I, I You know, we opened this thing three. It's dropped down to one and a half as everybody seems to be betting on Notre Dame. And I think Notre Dame is a top 15 team, but I do have a lot of respect for Cincy. And it, it's, I know it's going to be a tough, uh, you know, climb for, for them to go in there and win, but I think they will. Uh, despite all the attention that Notre Dame's getting, I'll leave that. Mis- what is that? Wisconsin hosting Michigan. You know, John. John might have an opinion on that game. I I absolutely do not have any thoughts on that one. Well, everybody's on Michigan in that game, Jay. So you know me that when I see that, it makes me lean to the favorite. But listen, everybody was on Notre Dame last week against Wisconsin at Soldier Field, and everybody was on Michigan State the week before that at Miami. And the public did very well there. So we've had two straight Saturday mornings here where the whole world lined up on an underdog and they won outright both times. And they're doing it again this Saturday morning. They're all on Michigan, who's a small underdog in this game. But again, we just talked about you don't want to overreact too much. Wisconsin had such a bad performance in that loss to Notre Dame. That's why the public is all over Michigan. So I would look at Wisconsin on Saturday morning. Yeah, Brent, I tell you, the, the misperception out there is that when the public is on one side, very heavily, I should say, you know, it's automatic, take the other side. But the public wins every once in a while. I think that's why sports betting is as popular as it is. I mean, the people have, a, a, you know, they're close to 50% if they stick, stick with straight bets. And uh, they do at times have their moments. Uh, and certainly we've seen that in the early going of the football season. Yeah. I mean, what, what do they say? A clock's right twice a day. <laughs> I, I occasionally get it right, but I think overall what I'm learning from this podcast is I want to be on your guys' side. One last thing, John, on this Alabama game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like a Heisman showdown, and I have a, I like a total moron. I have a bunch of Spencer Rattler uh, futures that I'm going to throw away at any point, but will this put somebody, do you think, as the – clear front runner for the Heisman and how much Heisman action do you guys get? We get a lot of Heisman action and honestly over the years it hasn't been great for us. Uh, we I know we lost a lot on Lamar Jackson. We lost a lot on Kyler Murray a couple years after that and a lot of people were betting Spencer Rattler in the offseason leading into this season. I think Oklahoma <laughs> should be starting Caleb Williams at quarterback. The Gonzaga College High School product, the freshman Caleb Williams, he should be in there at quarterback for the Sooners but in terms of this year's Heisman race, you've got Bryce Young and Matt Corral, and they're going head-to-head. They're the two favorites, head-to-head on CBS Saturday, and yeah, the winner of that game, whoever has the better performance in that game, will be a clear Heisman favorite on Sunday morning, but it's still very, very early in the year. All right. So if you have a lean on that game, maybe get a little Heisman action if you like one of the sides. Would not be a bad idea. Um, okay, guys. Well, I think we did it for this week. Thank you, as always. 
remember, make sure you come see us at the Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas or at the Lodge Casino in Blackhawk, Colorado. We will be here all weekend catching all the gridiron action. And uh, as always, you can follow us on social on all the social platforms, Superbook Sports or at Superbook.com to stay updated on all the latest odds, boosts, promos, and uh, stuff like the reboot. So get on the reboot and you can challenge me. Jay John, I enjoyed it as always. I will talk to you guys next week. Thanks, Brian. Okay, thanks. You've been locked into the Superbook Sports Podcast. You get a win! You get a win! Featuring Jay Cornegay, John Murray, and Brant Tobler. I need some more of that. Come on. Hit our subscribe button and never miss out on weekly behind-the-counter access to the world of the NFL. Hey, you thought you were going to give me, huh? Hell no. Want the best sports betting podcast on the board? Look no further than GreenRollMedia.com each and every weekend. GreenRoll's covering the NFL, college football, and MMA better than anyone. Bringing you behind the counter of the most well-renowned sports books in Las Vegas. That's GreenRollMedia.com. GreenRollMedia.com. Home of the world's premier sports betting podcast network.